Hey everybody, welcome to the Tech Connect Podcast. I'm John Martin. And I'm Dean Riverman. Dean, we've been back from Vartech. We have. For about a week now at this point. Mm, yeah. It'll be yeah. a few weeks ago when this episode comes yeah. out. But yeah. uh, It already feels like it's a month away. Yeah. How, yeah. how, how are you feeling? You've, I'm, you I've rebounded. I've licked wounds. Yeah. I'm, I'm getting there. Yes. Yeah. But I came down with a little bit of cold afterwards. You know, yeah. when you're in, in front of 1,500 people, I guess that's yeah. likely I, to happen. Mine started while we were there and thankfully <laughs> was not too bad for, you know. Oh, you were the super tech, spreader tech then. Tech Connect, maybe. The Tech uh-huh. Connect Live Day and the, and the podcast. <laughs> Day. Yeah, I was probably, I'm connecting, probably for me. I'm connecting the dots as we speak. I probably got on the <laughs> flight there, is what it seemed like. So, uh, but yeah, we, we're back. We're yeah, recovered. We're good. We're, we're, we're you know, it was a great show. Now we're reflecting. Yes, know? we're we're yes. looking back. We're gonna. We know not everybody gets to go to this, obviously. Yeah, unfortunately. Yeah, and right. lots of cool things happen there. Yep. Lots of you know fun new uh, technologies, yep. new innovations. Absolutely. Do a little networking debrief. dynamics. Yeah. So just mm-hmm. like we did last year, we figured, hey, let's 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 recap. Let's do a little, little debrief. Talk about some of the things we noticed, what we felt about it, what it means, you know, going forward. I like we, it. We look ahead to the next year. So. That's right. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, yeah, we're going to talk a little brief overview of the show. We're going to get into what happened during the opening session, what happened on the Code Zone floor. Yes. Uh, day two with Tech Connect Tech Live. Tech Connect Live. It's always our fun mm-hmm. thing we get to do. Yep. Uh, the educational sessions. Mm-hmm. You know, we had a podcast record. Actually, that came out last week, so you've already seen that. Evening fun. You know, we're going to talk about some of the fun events. Oh, yes, the, of the course. Fun that we That's had. Where part we of the there. whole gig, yeah. Uh, so, yeah. So, all that. Um, we'll try to give a takeaway for our VARs of some stuff we learned and what they can do with it. Takeaways? Yeah. yeah, we got some. Yeah. yeah. I, There's got to be something. Say, I hope you have some. I put the question on here. Like, I mean, <laughs> I got something. But uh, <laughs> And as always, what's Tech Connecting with us? It's time to plug in and get connected. Welcome to the Tech Connect Podcast. It's time to get connected. All right, so let's get into it here, Dean. So this year, Vartech yes. happened September 11th and 12th yes. uh, in San Antonio, Texas. Beautiful San Antonio. Place I had never been before. Oh, really? Uh, I didn't no. realize this was your first time. First time. I've, I mean, I've been to Texas a few times. I've been okay. to Dallas and you know, yeah. a couple other places, uh-huh. but I've uh-huh. not actually been to San Antonio. I liked yep. it. Was, I mean, I didn't get a chance to go explore Did it feel the like city, the seventh largest city in the U.S.? It didn't. No, it doesn't. I did not it, know that. It it's was. It's the seventh largest city really? in the U.S. Yes. I mean, you just L.A., New York, Chicago, Miami. Yeah. Uh, is whatever. that like by population? Because I'm, I'm missing a population metro, yeah, okay. and it's spread out because the downtown area, which is beautiful, yeah. and, and it's got a unique element, which is called the Riverwalk. Uh, so if you have a chance to go to San Antonio, you should just yeah. because of the yeah. Riverwalk. It's that unique. Um, but yeah, seventh largest city. Interesting. And but it doesn't. But the downtown's like not much bigger than Cincinnati. It doesn't no, feel like no. it. You would know, not have would not have expected that. It's a very yeah. nice, pleasant spread city. Spread out. Yeah. yeah, lots of people spread out. There you so, go. Yeah. All right. Well, cool. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it was also very hot while we were there. Oh yeah. Um, I mean, it had been Although fairly warm we here broke in Kentucky. It. Where yeah, we, we are. broke the hundred. You know, when we were there, it actually broke, and we the first day <laughs> right. that it hadn't been over a hundred degrees was the day we were there. And yeah. like forty, no, it was like sixty some odd days of a hundred or. Maybe it was 47, 47 yeah, days. Yeah, but we still had some 100-degree temperatures a couple oh, yeah. of days. It was a little But honestly, we were inside so much. It was know, all good. Like, I didn't yeah. feel like, you know, in the evening events, by the time we got out there, it had mm-hmm, cooled mm-hmm. down to, like, upper 80s or something. Right. <laughs> so, <laughs> so it was manageable and tolerable. But yeah, anyway, yeah, yeah, yeah. it was a good time. And as always, you know, we... Um, you know, we always appreciate all the folks that help us put it on. We'll talk more about that later. But mm-hmm. let's do a brief overview, though, Dean, and, yep. and give it break down some of the numbers because did we break a record here? Yep. Or were we close to it? Okay. No, I think we officially broke a record. 
record. I mean, it's it's so what was unique about this Vartech again is that it was truly a global Vartech. Right, right. We were, we brought in customers from our EMEA group, which continues to grow. Mm-hmm. We continue to distribute farther and farther into EMEA, uh, now including such things as you know the Arabia area. Uh, you've got um, we're getting into the Near East, I guess, down into Africa. Mm-hmm. So yeah, so fifteen hundred total attendees from EMEA Canada. Um, U.S. and Latin America. Now, in those attendees, you've got both attendees, what we call, you've got vendor representatives, and then we have a pretty strong contingency of Blue Star people that go to it as well. Throw in some guests, throw in some walk-ins, you know, people that just come and show up, and we didn't even know they were going to come. Believe it or not, we had like 30 of them uh, that showed up. So, you know, yeah, and that's how you get to, to that number. And um, again, strong contingencies. We've been close to that prior to, to COVID. Mm-hmm. We got really close to that, but that's a that's a strong number. Yeah, no just doubt. slightly over fifteen hundred. Yep, that's, that's from forty seven different countries. So a lot of representation. Right. And yeah, you know, what, what I thought was impressive too is it didn't feel particularly cramped or overwhelming. Right. Mm-hmm. Even though like uh, this like the space that we were using was fairly compact. I mean, yep. you know, is that this big convention? It's the Henry Henry B Gonzalez Convention Center. Yep. And, you know, there's hotels attached to it that we were all staying in, our guests and everything, you know, some various hotels right nearby. So it was all mm-hmm. kind of a compact area. But I was impressed that it never, it, it just never felt like people were like shoulder to shoulder and, yeah, you know, right. and crammed together. Maybe a little bit of the Vartec Except launch. Except for the Vartec launch. <laughs> I was just about to go there. So we did a unique thing this year in that we we tried to, so in years past, you know, most of the vendors, well, not most of them, six to eight of them would do receptions, right? right? right. And they would invite attendees to come. But what that meant is that not everybody had something to do or Right. place to go a little awkward yeah, right yeah. you know you got some people are just kind of wandering around aimlessly like lost dogs and it's like all right i think we can do better and so we did vartech launch which was a reception for everybody right. so even if you didn't have anything to do you could come have a drink and an appetizer and everybody showed up <laughs> in this and, uh what was it two level i guess uh, yard, yard yeah, yeah the yard house at san antonio yeah. was absolutely packed we yeah. had overflow into the marriott even that wasn't enough <laughs> so lesson learned you know when you when you uh, right, we should have known better right when i mean you, you, yeah, you, had, you offer free food and drinks and people are going to show our techers yeah. are going to show yeah, up exactly. right yeah. so uh we'll do better next but year. other than was, that everything you know like on the code zone floor oh yeah the, yeah the i agree sessions. everything else was well just even just mm. moving through the hallways and again like everything was very close together you know we had like the the lila cockerel theater yep right down the hall from that was basically where registration code zone up and down stairs for you know breakout sessions and mm-hmm, stuff mm-hmm. and i just i never felt like i was like you know, cramping and dodging yeah. and threading through people just to get around. Yeah. So I, no, it, was, I, it, was, it was a good size. That. I agree. Yeah. I agree. So. Yeah. Even though we were spread out over three hotels, it's yeah. okay. Um, yeah. Yeah. It exactly. is what it is. Yep. All right. Well, let's talk a little about the opening session. And yeah. I, you know, obviously this is your baby every year. You know, you got to get up there and, and, and uh, run the show and, and uh, talk about, you know, kind of like set the stage for the themes for the year. Right. For what we expect out of, you know, out of the show and what people should expect and be thinking about mm-hmm. while they're there. Mm-hmm. So talk us a little bit about the theme. You, you, you had talked a lot about this like change engine and, yep. and some of the, the newer, you know, emerging technologies coming out there. So, you know, kind of recap, what was that session all about and what were you trying to get out there? And, and really all we're, we're trying to do is tap into the vibe that we feel like the community is talking about. What mm-hmm. are they talking about? What's mm-hmm. on the mind of folks? Uh, so, you know, the best way we could think to encapsulate that is is the change engine, right? I mean, just this general feeling that status quo, and we've been, we've been feeling it for a while. You know, we talked about it on the stage last year about VAR 2.0 and where things are going. 
Um, so, you know, we just kind of re, retitled it as, as a change engine and the need for resellers to be, really get out of their comfort zone, even just a, a little bit and, right. and start to understand some of the technologies that are creeping in to our bubbles. You know, we kind of referred to it as everybody kind of lives in their bubble from right, time to time. Right. And hey, when you've got these other technologies that are getting close, if not into your bubble, you need to be aware. So we talked about AI. We talked about retail media networks. We talked about edge solutions. And then finally, we brought up robotics. Uh, so there was a lot of good stuff to talk about there. And, and then kind of the storytelling, because we'll get to this, but Jimmy Urie was our was our keynote, and he's just a world-class storyteller. Mm-hmm. He's a, a, just a phenomenal guy, written thousands of country music songs, and, and can boil down a story really, really quickly. Uh, so, you know, we tried to leverage the fact that resellers have a story to tell. It's part of it is the gold that they have and the relationships that they own with their customers and the superpower of being able to bring partners together to leverage even more business uh, throughout their, you know, their ecosystem. So, so again, just kind of going into the big ones. And before we, we actually, you know, commented on it, we talked about the S-curve of innovation and mm-hmm. not to go too technical, but, you know, when you think about how innovation happens and we referred to like, the way you consume music. You used to consume it cassettes. Now, I know we're old enough to remember cassettes, <laughs> yes, right? Yes. So we got the cassettes, and then and, you know, and that follows a curve of innovation, meaning it, it goes up over right, time. Performance right. goes up, cost goes down. But then that was you know usurped, I guess is the right word, yeah, by CDs, yeah, right. right? There was an innovation jump, and then cloud and streaming. So you know, we're kind of going through that in a, in a couple ways in some, of our, in some of our industry. And so when you think about it, AI. AI is on everybody's mind, right? right it was on right. it last. Last year when, oh, we yeah. t- when we did the mid-journey and the VAR 3.0 and, and stuff like that, still on everybody's mind. But now LLMs, if we've been talking about endlessly on this podcast, you know, ChatGPT and, and things of that nature have just had a, a dramatic impact mm-hmm. on certain mm-hmm. areas. And it's still got people wondering how it's going to be a, a effective. So we talked about that, talked about how... APIs and LLMs have grown at 1,300% and things of that. And it's just really stellar stuff that is happening that, uh, you know, is on everybody's mind. And we connected the dot there so that people would go out and visit the people that were on the show floor. Right. We we had 33 new ISVs this year. Many of them were in the AI realm. Mm. So, you know, how mm. do you do that? If you're a reseller, you know, you can sit back scared or you can engage the people that are there and figure out if there's a good connection. That's what we were definitely encouraging people to do uh, as it relates to AI. Retail media networks, we've been talking about that for a while. Mm-hmm. You know, this is place-based digital advertising. Uh, you know, so many of our POS uh, folks that, you know, have great relationships with retail establishments and restaurants and things of that nature, we're encouraged them just get in, get in mm-hmm. the game, mm-hmm. because a lot of the ad dollars, $50 billion by 2023, are going into retail media networks. That's a ton of money uh, that's being dumped into it. A lot of that is going to go to place-based. So... And you don't have to know. All you have to know is the ecosystem that we've built for people uh, and leverage your relationships, get with our pedo team. There you go. So we were talking a lot about that uh, as well. And then, you know, we got into uh, finally a little bit about the edge. You know, a lot is happening on the edge. You've got AI that's happening on the edge, machine vision, VR, AR, all those types of things. Where does that occur? It's all on the edge. You know, a lot of money being dumped there. Sixty-seven billion in edge AI alone by 2025. So, a lot of good stuff is happening. And one other stat that I thought was alarming, which is why we called it out: 
50% of enterprise data processing is happening outside of the cloud or data centers. Right. So what does that mean? Like all this information, great, it's being processed, but 50% of it is now being processed on the edge. Right. So, right. you know, or it's going to be there. So you really kind of got to get into, get into it. Finally, robotics. It was the first time we had robotics on the show floor. Mm-hmm. It was the first mm-hmm. time we even talked about and they it. They were very noticeable, too. Like, you know, yes, they were absolutely. Patrolling up and down the aisles. It yeah. was easy to see them. And see, this is, to me, this is one of those technologies that, you know, pe- again, people are in their bubble, right. and but right. it's getting a little bit closer yeah. to, to our bubble. I mean, you know, three, four years ago, two years ago, you didn't really see the robot, the AMRs that we had on our show floor, which is table side delivery. Right. Right. It's like, right. okay, you're the chef, you throw, this is for table three, hit goes, the little robot right. goes out and right. delivers it. Well, we had those robots there. And, it, and it, if I was a POS reseller, I'd be like, man, you know, there's maybe there's an opportunity yeah. here. But that's just the tip of the iceberg. You got AMRs back in warehousing and stuff like that. We showed how Blue Star is going through an automa- automation transition uh, here globally with some investments that we've made. And so we're walking the walk, if you will, and right, starting to right. implement some of it. Just a lot of good stuff to talk about. But uh, but robotics for me was like the, the uh, <laughs> you know, this is the one that, hey, we because we, we as a channel need to figure it out. Yeah. It, we are at the, it's like we're at this precipice where it's like, okay, is the channel going to react to this and actually embrace it and figure out how to, um, you know, commercialize r- robotics in our channel? Or are we just going to let that opportunity go away and others will take, you right. know, because it's not like it's not going to happen. Right. Right. I right. mean, automation in warehousing and logistics and restaurants and stuff like that. It's going to happen. Yeah. It's just a matter of where are we going to be involved in. So. Well, it's kind of like... Man, like, long-winded, but yeah. that was a lot to talk about <laughs> in the is. general session. Yeah, It's kind of like the, like the electric vehicle, for example. That's right. I, I think of you know, right. something where it's going to happen. Just because you may not like it, just because you're going to hold on to your gas guzzler as long as you want to. That doesn't mean there's an opportunity. You, yeah, right. it doesn't mean there's not an opportunity, and it doesn't mean that we're not heading that way. More and more people are going to buy these vehicles. More and more production is going to shift over to them at some point. In probably potentially within our lifetimes, oh, for you'll sure. reach a point where car manufacturers simply are no longer making gas engines anymore. Mm-hmm. You know, it, mm-hmm. it, it, it will happen. Mm-hmm. So, the, yeah, the question I think becomes is do you get involved with, and I'm using that as an example. No, it's a great do example. Do you get though. involved with a technology like that <clears throat> now? Yep. Or do you wait until maybe you're far behind your competition mm-hmm. who have already invested and got in there? Because, yeah, eventually you're going to have to if you want to stay in business. So, and that's the same thing with robotics, same mm-hmm. thing with, with edge, with AI. That stuff is going to have to become part of your business. One or more of those technologies will become part of your business at some point in the future. Yep. Whether you necessarily want to or not right now, it's a question of how soon do you want to get involved and how soon do you want to start talking about it. That's it. And we're not saying like, hey, tomorrow you got to load up your, your, oh, no. your back room or your warehouse with yet. some robots and nope. start shipping them out. No, no one really is doing that. You're right. It's, you can't it's, because it's, it doesn't exist in the channel, which is exactly. we're like pre that, <laughs> which is why it's such a wonderful time But you've got to right have now. those conversations Well, you do now. because... Because, and here's why, all the major vendors are trying to figure out the robotics play. Zebra, Honeywell, Epson, uh, Samsung, LG. I mean, across the board, they all have a play. Right. And they're trying, they're all trying to figure out, is this channel enabled or is this direct? How is this going to pan out? So we as a channel, if we want to have a play, we have to get serious about it. We have to have the conversations with the vendors and start figuring it out. To your point, it's not, we don't have to figure it out tomorrow. Right. But to my mind, this is like a five-year horizon, right? I mean, five years from now, I'm hoping that the channel would have embraced it. We've got 
got a channel play in, in place uh, for innovative folks that want to get into this business, there's a, there's a meaningful way for that to happen. Yeah. And I think it will. Yeah, I agree. And so. I think one of the things that makes Vartex special is I think we take a very much a show, not just tell approach to this stuff. Mm. It's easy for, you know, to have a show like this and just get up there and, and just spout off all the numbers and say like, mm-hmm. hey, AI is coming. Hey, yeah, edge yeah. computing's here. Hey, robots are coming. Here's all the numbers. Here's all the details of what's going to happen. And then just leave it at that. Like, mm. get ready. <laughs> That's easy to do. But we try to back it up and be like, hey, we're also going to bring in people that can show you how this stuff is That's working. Right. Again, That's right. maybe you're not doing it yet. Maybe you're not actively selling this stuff yet. Maybe it's not. Maybe we're still unsure how it's going to fit in the channel. Mm-hmm. But at least we're going to show it to you. When you went out to that code zone floor, you couldn't escape the robots. Nope. I literally nope. bumped into one at one yep, point yep. as he was roaming <laughs> the aisles. You couldn't escape the, you know, the, the ISVs that were offering AI solutions. You couldn't escape the folks that were talking about Edge. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it, it could be and I, and I would hope that I would hope that most resellers that were attending, you know, and anybody who's listening who didn't get to go is not thinking about this as a fine. I'll keep an eye on it, corner my eye, but I'm really not interested in it right now. Mm. I'm hoping like the folks that went to the show, they spent some time mm-hmm. really talking with people about this stuff yep. and really looking at it, not just. It's easy to go and That's a really know, good point. visit the floor and say, all right, show me the latest barcode yeah. scanner, the latest mobile computer, the latest display. Sure, you can do that yeah. and just see whatever Meh. the new specs. Right. Yeah. And a, no slight to those because we need that stuff. That's what all the you know, where all the magic ends up happening. But I would hope by now that if you are if you are a solutions provider, if you're interested in delivering full solutions to mm-hmm. your customers, mm-hmm. that you also spend just as much time getting out there and talking to some of these new innovators and these edge technologies and at least opening up some dialogues and understanding what they're offering and yep. what why their solution exists, what problems they're trying to solve, yep. and thinking about, man, how is that going to fit into what I'm doing, mm-hmm. even if it's not something I'm going to do something right. with right now. Absolutely, and it's a perfect time to do that because a lot of companies are starting to get into their 24 planning. You know, these are the kinds of things that you need to start noodling on. Is, yeah. it, is it something that we start with? What are we going to pick? Pick one, two, kind of a thing to go after. Yep. Yeah, good yeah. stuff. Yep. So let's pivot a little bit. You mentioned Jimmy Uri earlier. Oh, yeah. He's, our he's keynote he's speaker. Great. He's awesome. Uh, he's a you know, country musician, a storyteller, presenter. Yep. And and I think some folks might have initially thought, like, what does a country music guy have to do with, <laughs> you know, a technology right. retail, yeah. you know, technology yeah. reseller show? You know, what, what does that mean? Yep. But I think, you know, by the end of his presentation, we all kind of got into and I'll say for my part, you know, his it, it, the fundamental idea of his presentation is the idea of storytelling mm-hmm. of taking what has happened to you in your life and what's happened in the lives of others and the stories that you get from other people the stories you tell yourself and using that as a way to craft in his case his music and mm-hmm. the, and, and the work that he does but i think the bigger story i think he was trying to tell there is that that happens in all forms of business and you know we've we've talked about it before we've had folks on talking about consultative selling and mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. smart sale, selling and people like to buy from people and the mm-hmm. attitude of when you develop a trust in a relationship and yep. you, you, you develop a bond with somebody and learn a little about who they are, it doesn't have to be at a personal level, but at least understand who they are as a business person, even understand how they operate their business, understand mm-hmm. what they're looking to get out of their business. Mm-hmm. And then maybe you even understand a little bit about them as people as well. And when you do that, that helps you craft a story around who you are then. And you're taking stories from what you've done in the past with other customers, from what the people on your team bring in. Together, you're just building this nice little story that you can put together. Mm-hmm. And that's a story you can go out and then tell to your customers, mm-hmm. your potential customers. Mm-hmm. You can get their stories, figure out where their stories weave together. And I think Jimmy kind of, you know, illustrated that, you know, and throughout his presentation. And um, we'll, you know, drop in a clip here, you know, to kind of, you know, give you an example of what he was talking about. Mm. 
Because stories connect. Stories form a bond and they form a friendship whether you realize it or not. So I love to talk about storytelling and how to effectively tell a story. But not long drawn out stories, but stories rather about your life that can connect with others, oftentimes within seconds, for the purposes of, of networking, for selling a product, for selling an idea, for selling ultimately yourself. So I'm going to talk a little bit about feeling so other people can feel. You know, the level at which I feel something, you feel it. The level at which I don't, you don't. But if I feel something, you feel it. And if you feel it, we connect. And if we connect, we form a friendship. And friends help friends. If I feel it, you feel it. You feel it, we connect. We connect, we form a friendship. And friends help friends. We'll talk a little bit more about that. I'm going to sing here in a second. Shut up, okay? Second, we're going to talk about how to help others not feel alone. The importance of helping others not feel alone. You know, we all have an intrinsic need not to feel alone. And when you meet that need, you make a friend. And friends help friends. And last, we're going to discuss why your story matters. Why your story genuinely matters. All the good, bad, and the ugly. The triumphs and the tragedies of your life. You know, I feel like I could take any life in this room right now, I believe this with all of my heart, and I could write hit songs for the rest of my life. I would just tell your story. But nobody can tell your story quite like you can. Uh, so, you know, we, we, we wanted to make sure that, you know, that, that, you know, there was a connecting piece there that helped people understand. So what I love is at the end of his presentation, he actually came out That's to the right. audience <laughs> and started asking folks for a little bits yeah. and pieces of info. Yep. Like, you know, what was your first car? Tell me mm -hmm. about a memory with your father. Tell mm -hmm. me about something that broke your heart. Tell me about this stuff. Right. And, you know, and he had someone on stage writing the ideas down. And he literally, when he was done, got up on stage and quickly crafted a song yeah. with all those little details yep. and that told Amazing. a story about, yeah. you know, a life potentially, you know. That's right. That's um, right. So, you know, what's really your thoughts on this? How did you feel about that? You know, oh, I think you just you just nailed it. And what, but the other thing that was that I'll add to it, I suppose, is what uh, I got out of him is um, he he did kind of hone in on the fact of of being very efficient in telling your stories. That's true. You know, like how to how to add a little bit to it, but not overdo it. And, right, I, and the right. thing that wrong wrong with me, he goes, he, he one of his famous sayings is. I can tell you about my dad, or I can tell you about the guy who taught me how to fish. You know, same person. And, but it's right. just a little bit more information, brings a little bit more feeling and emotion into it. Yep. But it's not a lot more words. Right. You know, it's not like we had to develop a paragraph. It's just a couple more words, descriptive. And that was kind of the genius because, you know, right. I think that right. some people struggle with storytelling and that, oh my gosh, I got to sit here and I got to think about you know, walk people through the whole story. Well, that's not necessarily it. And I think you did a good job of layering it, but he's really efficient at, at, yeah, at pulling agree. in the I right agree. words and kind of boiling stuff down uh, to it. To it, And you have to do that in songwriting. Yeah. I guess that's part of the genius of songwriting is, okay, I can take these big concepts and then just whittle it down to 
20 words. Right. Because <laughs> right. that's all do I got I, time. Do to... I do a 13-minute song about everything that happened you know, that's in my Freebird. life? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> or do I take a key moment that's representative yeah, there it is. of how I became who I am yeah. and why I do what I yeah. do and or why a certain situation affected me in a way and yep. use that to tell a story? Yep. And you're, to your right, I think to that point, that is a... I think there's two angles of that. One, for you as a as a business person and mm. as a company and mm-hmm. you know, and someone trying to tell your story, maybe it, it let's talk about like a case study. Mm-hmm. A case study uh, is, a, is yeah. an example right, 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 of right. telling a single story That's it. That's it. that can that can give a, a potential customer or a current customer or whatever an idea of who you are, what you do, what you can do, what a certain technology can do. Bingo. Without you don't have to have all the details. You don't have to explain start to finish why mm. when you were founded, you know, who was the first person <laughs> to work in your company, you know, what kind of coffee you had in the original office. You don't all have to tell all the tech specs behind yeah, it, exactly. right? Yeah, yeah, what yeah. products you sold in 1988 versus now. <laughs> you don't need all of that detail. If you're able to tell somebody like, "Hey, you know what?" Here's a customer similar to you mm-hmm. who had a problem similar to you. Mm-hmm. Here's what we did to solve that. Mm-hmm. That's the story I'm going to tell you to, mm-hmm. to help you understand why you should yeah, be working with that's me. That's it. That's and it. I think the that's a great connection. Of, yeah. The flip side of that is if you're talking to a customer and if you can draw a story like that out of them, mm-hmm. that can tell you a lot. Maybe it's a story like, you know, hey, tell me about a really bad day that you guys mm-hmm. had using technology or something. Mm-hmm. You know, tell me about a, a day that your point of sale system just yeah, did right. not live up to your, yeah. your needs or something. Yeah. Yeah. That story they tell you could be one single yeah. day, could be a single incident, yep. could be something that can help you then, you know, deliver a better solution mm-hmm. and a better outcome. Yeah. And dig into the emotion, you know, what, what, like, you know, I don't want to get overly touchy feely, but you know, ask it was so how did that make you feel? Or yeah, you don't know, have to ask them it? like, you know, what happened there, you know, the day their dad took them fishing or anything. But, <laughs> but I think that does add a layer, right? It to, does. To, yes. that, 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 that people have an emotional connection to. So it was really good stuff. Yeah. I liked him. Yeah. I enjoyed him. I didn't realize he wrote as many number one hits as he had. Yeah. So yeah. is just, you know, he's a, he's, he's a pretty down home kind of yeah, guy. Yeah. Rec- recommend checking him out. Yeah. You know, he's for he's sure fascinating, interesting person. And, and for check sure. out some of his music. I, I, I was impressed like when we were um, backstage, you know, the day before mm-hmm. and he comes in, you know, just to do a quick little rehearsal and sound check or whatever. And he's just like strumming out some stuff and trying things <laughs> out. I'm like, I'm I'm excited. Dude, that's how he's traveled, to listen to this. Yeah. He's got his guitar and a backpack yeah. and clothes in that in that same case. That's yeah. how he travels. Yeah. He's a very, very unassuming <laughs> guy. He just shows up, does his One thing. One pair of you know, boots like, and yeah. uh yeah. Yeah, a change I, of clothes. Like I and saw that's him, it? like you know that that morning, I saw him backstage. And he was just kind of pacing around, and like you know, mm-hmm. you could tell he was kind of thinking through his mm-hmm. presentation a little. Yep. Head. I did not even realize it was him at first. I just kind of happened to be walking <laughs> over the other side, and so, oh, I'm like, hey man, hey, good luck out there today. And, he, and he's like, oh yeah, hey, you know, like uh, so I'm going to go out through here, and w- what happens when I come off stage? I'm like, oh, you're just going to go over to this side. I'll be there, you know, stuff like that. You know, just <laughs> not you know not an interaction you expect to have right. with you yeah, know, yeah. A, a a world talented Grammy award yeah, winning, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right, let's shift over. Let's let's talk a little bit about Code Zone um, yep. because you know, let's be honest, that's that's kind of the heart and soul, I suppose, mm-hmm, if you mm-hmm, will, of, of mm-hmm, Vartech. Mm-hmm. You know, all these presentations and the fun and stuff are great, but yep. at the end of the day, you know, we devote what three hour, three four hours every day to yeah. you know this yep. this massive floor where people can go out and mm-hmm. meet with all of our vendors, meet with ISVs, new new folks, do yeah, some networking, absolutely. find yep. see some new technology. So, you know, what was the vibe like for you on the Code Zone floor this well, year? Well, I thought it was a good buzz this year. Uh, it seemed packed just about the 
whole time, mm-hmm. uh, which is awesome. In fact, in some of the surveying we got, uh, I was a little bit surprised that we had more than a handful of people ask for more time wow. on the code zone floor. And, and you know, to your point, I mean, we usually, I think we dedicated like seven hours I, I think uh, for, so. for people to be days, on yeah, there. And yeah. it's like, holy moly, more time? Okay. <laughs> you know, so, but that's good <laughs> in the sense that I guess they felt like they, they still needed more time to get around to the ISVs would be my guess and that yeah, kind of thing yeah. because we did. We had, I, I think it was 50, oh, whatever, 57 total ISVs on the floor. And, it, and you know, there are a lot of good ones. And right. so, you know, having that many conversations, plus I'm sure a lot of folks want to go see their vendors and, and, all, and all that kind of good stuff. So I thought the vibe was good. Um, it, you know, impressed that people were asking for more time. Uh, I think that what I noticed is a lot of folks were taking even more care in showcasing their, their solutions mm-hmm. this year. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that, you know, just shows are back. Period. Yeah, and I, and I think that people are were taking a little bit more care in how they were presenting. You know, for the last couple of years, it's been more of a, oh my God, we got to do events again. We got to throw stuff together and stuff like that. But uh, quite a few of the manufacturers really took care into their into their booths and how they were presenting solutions, kind of how they were matching up with folks and stuff like that. Yeah. And then finally, robotics. You already pointed yeah. it out. <laughs> Running into the robots, we did invite a, a an organization called First in Texas, yes. which is. Uh, an organization dedicated towards you know teaching children from K to 12 on uh, STEM mm-hmm. projects, mm-hmm. but really kind of focusing on robotics. It was such a joy to have them there. And these yeah. kids are just so geeky about robots. They build their own robots. Yep. If you watch BattleBots or anything like that, these are the like the kids that are building it before BattleBots. Right. But they're building their own robots that do specific tasks that they compete with globally. These are co- global competitions. We had one of their teams on the floor. So these are, you know, 13 to 16-year-old kids building robots that can do amazing things, and they were running their robots on the floor, too. Yeah. So it was kind of cool. Yeah, yeah. definitely. Yeah. I think one of the things that impressed me about uh, Code Zone is I, I felt like I felt like the booths always felt busy. Yeah, Like, right. whenever I would go wandering through for whatever reason, some, you know, at some points I just kind of, like, went out there and just walked around and visited mm-hmm. with some of my previous vendors that I used to work with mm-hmm. and just mm-hmm. some folks I know, and... And I, I, I always felt like all the booths were always busy. You know, you know how it is. Sometimes you go to some trade shows, and there will be a few booths that just like have like one or two people that might be hanging around, or like or the inverse, like one or two booths that everybody goes yeah, to, exactly. and then nobody else is going anywhere exactly. else. Exactly. Yeah. I yeah. felt like people were very well dispersed in this one. I think a very smart idea, and I don't know if this was your idea, who it was, <laughs> was to mix the ISVs in a little bit more mm. with. The overall with the, with the vendors overall, we kind of like if you walked in, you know, you had the big stuff up front, obviously, and then basically if you went down the center lane, mm-hmm. there was ISVs kind of on all mm-hmm. sides, kind mm-hmm. of mixed in, in with much the, smaller with booths, the vendors, yeah, yes. like just little tabletops, yeah, ish kind of a thing. Yeah. And, I, and mm-hmm. I thought that was, I thought that was very helpful, I think, for them to get them kind of more involved. But I think it also speaks to what we're trying to accomplish That's here it. when it comes to the yeah. the ISV community, which is in the past, Vartex, we might have like had them kind of cordoned off, maybe towards the back, or mm-hmm. given them, and mm-hmm. we had like you know. Solution City, city. here, you know, mm-hmm. at, at some points, so yep. like a little, just yep. little kind of area you walked in that showed off solutions and ISV partners. But I think the fact that you know we're getting to this point where we are telling people, like, look, you you're going to have to have relationships with ISVs. You can't go out and just be a hardware vendor mm-hmm. anymore. It just is or a hardware reseller. It just yeah, it's probably not going to get you very far at this point. You know, you, if it's your niche, fine, but 
more than likely you're just gonna you're, you're gonna need to start building out these relationships and partnerships. Yeah, amp your ecosystem. And I think this was a perfect way to an example of that. Like, look, they're interspersed. They're mixed right in here. You're, mm. you're gonna find your hardware vendor. You're gonna look to the left, and there's gonna be an ISV sitting there telling you about edge computing or AI. You know, something something that that you're gonna need to incorporate with that hardware to go mm. out and sell a solution. Mm. That's it. Um, I, it's one of those things. I'm like, I don't see us ever going back from that. I like, no, the, yeah, it I makes no sense so. going yeah. forward to not. Yeah, I don't know whose idea it was. It was a great one. Though. Yeah, but I'm. I agree with you. I'm glad we yeah, implemented just, it because it was different. I, but I, I just thought there was. I thought there was a good energy too, which was interesting mm-hmm. because you know, I, like the the convention space that we had, there was very very traditional one. Very like just you yeah. know, kind of like just just your big you kind of echoey room. Yes, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Cement yet, floor, big room. And I remember because you know we you know I was down there on the advanced team. You know we were down there early, and like I remember walking in there before they really <clears> set much up yet, mm-hmm. just being like, oh, I don't know about this. <laughs> This big dark room this kind is, of thing, yeah. you know. Yeah, and this then, looks like a big dark empty room. Yeah, yeah. and then day one of Code Zone happens, and I walk in there, and I'm just like, oh, okay. Ah, yes. Like you yeah. know, I get it now. I feel the vibe here. <laughs> so even though it wasn't a, tr- you know, it wasn't some of the more flashy and exciting kind of yeah. you know conference ballrooms room, ball that we room were typically thing. in. Yeah, yeah. Mm, it yeah. still had a lot of fun energy to it, yeah. and in some ways, I think almost the compactness of it kind of again helped make it a little bit more feel more energetic and friendly. And, yeah. Yeah. People being able to, you know, very quickly and easily pivot from, you know, you know, a, a zebra, you know, the big booth that zebra always have, and then turn around and there's a small ISV who's here mm-hmm. for their first right. show, yeah, and yet has something dynamic and interesting that catches people's attention. Absolutely, hundred percent, so, yeah, agreed. love that. All right, let's uh, let's shift gears and talk a little bit about day two. So, oh you know, yes, day two. You know, we 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 kick things off with um, the event that you and I now two years running have yep. been hosting together, and oh, two, uh, I have no idea. Has it, it been three? I think it's I think it's only been two. It's just been you and me doing it. So. Oh, okay. Um, you did it the previous year, like by oh, yourself, solo? I think. Oh, my God. Yeah, that, I did. I don't, what the hell was I thinking? I don't know how in the world you did that, frankly. <laughs> I wasn't thinking. It's an undertaking for the two of yeah, us, let alone by ourselves. So yeah. it's Tech Connect Lives we're talking about here. This mm-hmm. is our big showcase that we have on day two where um, we bring it all. And, and mind you, we this year we just kept it just the newest ISVs. Just new ones. Never been to Vartech, yeah. New ISVs who had not been to Vartech, had not been up there on stage before, yep. coming out and talking about their solutions. Mm-hmm. I'll tell you what stood out to me. I, I'll ask you in a moment for maybe yeah, some yeah, of yeah. what stood out to you. But overall, what stood out to me was a lot of very unique offerings. Mm. You know, and, and this is not a slight to the folks that just, you know, that have POS software mm-hmm. or supply mm-hmm. chain software, asset mm-hmm. management stuff, WMS. Mm-hmm. All that stuff is great and vital too. Mm-hmm. And we had some of those interspersed yep, in there. But, for sure. But I also saw so many new and unique ISVs that had very unique solutions, very niche solutions, and yet ones that are still very vital solutions, ones that there's definite opportunity, you know, to 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 get in them. One I'll call out, you know, Safer Watch was one that really stood mm-hmm, out to me. Mm-hmm. You know, they you know they were they were in there talking about school safety and public safety and yeah. telling a story that's hard for people to hear about, you know, the the things oh, that, that when we they, hear about happening yeah, at schools. Lockdowns you know? yeah, and things the, of that nature. Yeah. You know, violent events, you know, uh-huh. but realizing like, hey, there's a need there to there's Plenty of ways people can talk about to potentially solve that problem, but for now, while this problem is still a regular one, having more opportunities and more ways to you know to get information out as quickly as possible and lock mm-hmm. things down as quickly as possible, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. simple solutions, something like that that they were offering to help out with that. That's the kind of stuff that I think in years past maybe you wouldn't have seen someone with that very specific of a solution really having a 
you know, a foothold in there. They would exist, but you wouldn't see them showing up at a major show. That's right. You wouldn't see them up there on stage. And I was very impressed that we had companies like that that were out Mm. there. So tell me about some of the ones that really stood out to you. I had a couple of them on on my list, but I agree with you. I think that that the team, because the way that we execute this is we've, we've got a great marketing staff. Uh, full of business development managers. They go out every year uh, and they try to find, you know, who are the latest, who are the newest, latest, greatest ISVs, Mm -hmm. try to invite them, try to get them to participate. Um, and we did. We had a plethora this year. So just a couple. Standard Insight is which was a flexible AI development kind of company. Mm-hmm. You know, AI was as we've already talked about had a lot uh, on the plate, but we had some really unique ones. And Jerry over there was was awesome. <laughs> I like this one. I think you like this one too. Redwall. Yes. When when you have something like this, defense grade <laughs> mobile device security. I mean, yep, come on. Yep. That's like that's great marketing right there. Defense grade. Well, of course, it must be rock solid, right? right? right. Uh, good stuff like that. And Truff- we did a marketing campaign with them that was very oh, did successful we? too. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Truffle was another good one. Here's mm-hmm. a here's an ISV coming out of Canada. Uh, they do aggregations of online pickup automation and stuff like that. They've really got a kind of unique uh, angle there. Um, and they're a great Epson partner, so th- that was a good one. Yeah. Remark AI, so enabling AI in the retail. You know, again, I'm a sucker for AI, but you know any of those types of folks that <laughs> right. that are playing that are good. How, what do you think about Keen Research? This is that on-device speech recognition. Yeah. I thought that was really. This is one of those ones like, hmm, never thought about that, but okay. But so what they do is they can they can enable mobile devices to recognize speech from variety of languages right. and enable that speed that vocal you know into uh, um, uh, whatever solutions and software and stuff like that. Yep. So yep. kind of cool. And as a internationally, you know, c- continuously growing yep. global community type right. world, I mean, that's that's important, you know? Pretty relevant. Two more, Pay Junction, no code payment integration. Mm-hmm. Uh, Kyle over there uh, at Pay Junction, they've got a really good thing going on there. If you don't know a lot about them and you're in the payments world, you you need to find out about Pay Junction. And then finally, Tonic POS, they won our Innovative yep. uh, ISV Award. Uh, they've got a unique, uh, of course, it's a POS offering, but they got local support uh, and a couple of the other unique features that uh, really call them out a little bit. So, yeah, you know, definitely. good stuff, though. In fact, let's go ahead and drop the clip of them right here since they uh, won ah. that Innovative Tech Award. There you go. All right, uh, local support, that can be a kind of a big deal, right? Local support? Yeah. I mean, yeah. Instead of having to call, like, a tech support technician Ooh, that's right. you know, yeah, hundreds yeah, yeah. of miles away or something, you know, it's yeah. nice to have somebody that's in your backyard and can come, you know, see you in person. Yeah. Uh, so that's, that's a big part of what t- Tonic POS does. They're offering market-leading tech for Hospitality POS. Let's hear from Tyler Young. Tyler, good morning. Tonic. Tonic is a hospitality point-of-sale product good for every venue, from quick serve to fine dining and many more. Tonic is also a drink you'll find at every bar and restaurant and has a lot of entertainment and good times. Tonic is also a remedy. A remedy, in, a remedy for the hospitality industry and for VARs. And Tonic is also a product that we focus on point of sales. We are, sorry, VARs. VARTech is where we are today, and VARs is the future, we believe, for the industry. We've seen a lot of the competitors that have come out with cloud products, and they have been focused on direct sales. We believe that there is a need for local service and support. So Tonic is a new name for a lot of you, but Tonic is not a new team and not a new product. We have the founders of Hot Sauce Point of Sale, Ordix Point of Sale, going back all the way to 1997 with the founder of Restaurant Computer Solutions. 
With this team, we've built a technology that is feature rich and checks all the boxes that a VAR is looking for, paired with a team focused on serving VARs. It's all about the relationship that we serve the VAR and the VAR serves the customer. And that's why we have the Tonic Partner Program. Thank you very much. All right, a couple other ones that kind of stood out to me. Yeah. Uh, SensePass, uh, Sense they Pass, offer, yeah. you know, e-wallet integration, kind of like a, everybody should be able to pay however they want to pay, which, you know, right. we talk Duh. every time we talk about payments, <laughs> I'm always talking about how, like, I want to be able to pay the way I want to pay. Yes. And that's a company that wants to enable that. And then Lifesaver, I thought was another interesting one, who their mm-hmm. goal is to help out with distracted driving. Driver. So, like, you know, if yes. you have employees who are driving, whether it's forklifts or delivery vehicles yeah. or whatever, yeah. you know, basically locking down their devices, you know, or keeping, you know, Know, keeping them safe so the distracted driving is not causing incidents for them and for your company and liability. I think that's like brilliant. Us. Yeah, love that. I, I mean, think about all really the fleets cool. that are out there oh, and yeah. stuff like that, right? No, no, your exactly. device isn't going to work. We, you when you're we, driving, you're driving. We all know we've we've seen people. You know, you, every day, every you know, day you're commuting. You, yeah. you know, you look over, and you'll see that person. <laughs> you know, in the middle of driving, you know, with a phone in one hand and mm-hmm. trying to drive like yep. this with the other, yep. and you're yep. like, really. Yep. So, yeah, the good, good, important stuff there. Uh, listen, if you if you want to see the full breadth of Tech Connect Live, though, we actually do have a playlist on YouTube of ah, the entire yes. show, mm-hmm. start to finish. It's back. We broke it up into three parts, in fact, because there's you know there were so many of them. It's such good stuff. So yep. if you want to check that out, go to the show notes. I'll drop the link in there to that playlist so you can watch these presentations yourself. Everybody got to get up there and give a at least ninety second or two minute pitch. Mm-hmm. I think mm-hmm. uh, up to two minute pitch about who they are. You'll see little title cards about information about them. So good way if you're looking for some new partners and you're looking for new ISVs we just made it easy for you yeah. made it easy for you we don't want you to miss out on this just because you weren't at the show so go go check out that uh, that show in the show that's notes, awesome so. yeah yeah good stuff <clears throat> all right um, and you can see Dean and I doing our thing you know throughout that whole thing right, too. right so. right right uh, okay, so keeping let, the education going. Yeah, let's talk about the educational sessions. You know, we always have these, you know, t- couple tracks each day mm-hmm, of, mm-hmm. Um, you know, of panelists and yep. education sessions and yep. discussions about, you know, specific technologies or specific industries. Mm-hmm. Um, unfortunately, you know, we did one as a podcast recording. Obviously, mm-hmm. that was the episode that was out last week. Yep. Um, I didn't get to attend any of the other ones, and I know you probably didn't either. But what did you? What, you know, we've we've gotten some feedback. I got some, some survey stories, results. So yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. What so do we hear about? If this? you look at the top four. Um, which is always interesting to to see, and we try to, to your point, we try to do a kind of a wide swath of of topics. Mm-hmm. You know, try to touch a little bit on everything, whether it's ADC, POS, uh, payments, et cetera, et cetera. We we really try to to have a nice mix of stuff. But and so it's interesting to see what, pe- what people vote on by attending, right? Uh, right like, right. And, and so we do a post a sur- survey and, and and basically ask, you know, which ones were were the better ones that you thought. So the top rated ones were RFID, mm-hmm. uh, which is, you know, is, is, it was an RFID trends and solutions session. And there's just a lot of interest around uh, um, RFID right now. That one was like off the charts, close to 40%. Wow. Uh, approval on that. So that's, you know, that by far and away was was the clear winner. Tech trends and supply chain, you know, supply chain still gets a lot of run. Uh, our podcast on chat GPT, uh, and that was ranked number three. <laughs> so that, you know, that rung with people. And it was a full room. Oh, yeah, it was. And that would was, that podcast be by out far by the, the time this one yes, comes out? Yes, it came out last week already. Okay, so. yeah. So if you, if, I don't know, you can't see it in the room because you only see the three of us. But man, it was a packed <laughs> that room. That was, was good. by far our biggest crowd that we've had. We've done these, what, three years now? For sure. Yeah, and that yeah, was the, yeah. our biggest crowd easily. And then the, the final one was uh, top four was AI machine vision. So, you know, wh- which you would think, you know, so there's still a right, lot of right. interest around there. 
We did do something unique on the education sessions here mm-hmm. where we, we brought in a third-party entity. It was called uh, Digital Boot Camp, and they trained people on such things as social branding, personal social branding, digital marketing techniques, mm-hmm. uh, and things like that. And I think that that had a good review as well. Uh, but, you know, it was kind of was, what was nice about it is we, as, a, as the insiders, didn't have to come up with those sessions, uh, and we just kind of left it to the professionals. Kind right, of thing. right. Uh, but I think that was really well-received. So we, we, we've got some surveying results where people are are definitely interested in maybe what I'll call a non-panelist uh, type of format where they're receiving information. Um, you know, in this case, it could be digital uh, boot camp certified on certain things. So good stuff there on yeah. some of the sessions. Yeah, yeah those are the main takeaways, though. Okay. Uh, all right. Uh, now, you know, let's talk about some of the fun that we yeah. had there, too. And, yeah, yeah, and yeah. this isn't to make you give everybody FOMO necessarily, you know, or, <laughs> that you, you know, hey, did you miss it? We'll, we'll call this like, hey, if you if you are interested in visiting San Antonio, here's a couple of recommendations of things that we did fun movies in the evenings that we would recommend for you. Yep. So night one uh, or you know, Monday night, uh, we all went out to the ESPY, which mm-hmm. I don't know how to describe this place. It's kind of like a little like a concert venue mm-hmm. slash little kind of like bar area, mm-hmm. outdoor pavilion, just yep. not a terribly large area, but mm-hmm. you know, enough to fit our crowd. Mm-hmm. And um, you know, it just they had like food and drinks out there. You could wander into each of the bars. We also had our tech quick connect mm-hmm. there, which is kind of like our little, you know, place where we have all the ISVs for the first hour come in and hang networking. out in this little room. Yep. Yeah. And you could go in and visit with any of them if you wanted. That actually turned out really well. There was you a, did. You know, uh, those folks were very busy the Pat. whole time they were there. Yeah. It helped that, that bar line was very short. So I think that was that And was, it was in the air conditioning. <laughs> it was in the air conditioning. <laughs> <laughs> so it's helpful to get people in there. But you know, there's like yeah. live music there, all kinds of good food. Um, yeah. You were very impressed with the paella. Yes. The giant, giant paella. of paella oh that was brought gosh. up. Yeah. These are pans that takes two dudes to carry it out. Not small guys either. I mean, it's just like huge amounts of paella. Exactly. Yeah. So that was fun. And then night two, we went out to Kanibi Ranch to, to mm-hmm. end of our tech, mm-hmm. uh, where we actually got to experience a rodeo, kind of mm-hmm. a Texas style sit down picnic table dinner. Yep. Good old steak this, and barbecue yep, dinner. Yeah. This big rodeo. With bull riding and horse horse riding and uh, and a huge drone show at the end, which yeah. was that our biggest drone show? That was our biggest drone. Three hundred drones. That seemed like a massive amount of drones that we it had was. There they the kind of filled up the sky there. You know, yeah. it's it's definitely you can tell the difference between hundred drones and three hundred drones. Yeah. <laughs> so so what stood out to you? I know you the you actually got to be one of the MCs at the rodeo mm-hmm. up there. You know, calling some of the shots. That was unique. <laughs> that was fun. Was it? I mean, the guy who does it is a professional. Oh I mean, yeah. If you've never been to a rodeo, kind of the 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 show flow, if you will, is, you know, they run the bulls and they've got, I think they had eight guys that, that ran bulls. Yeah. And then depending on how well they do and score, they come back and, right, and right. compete for the for the final prize. But in the middle, they do the barrel racing with yep. the girls. Yep. So, and this guy's got a program down in his computer. And I mean, he, he talks like a late night DJ. He's got <laughs> his music going. It just keeps the energy really high, right? right, right. And he's got every song that keeps the energy high. Yeah. Uh, and he's like, he looks at me, he's like, you know, you can just say, you know, off mic. He's right. like, well, you can just say whatever you want to say and we can play off of each other and stuff like that. I'm like, Oh, okay. <laughs> so it was nice to have some riffs with him. Right, and I started, right. you know, I was asking him about style points and, right. you know, how do you do uh, that kind of stuff? And he, he he did a great job of getting the, the crowd going. But if you've if you've never been to rodeo, you should go. Yeah, uh, that was fun. my first. I'd never been to one before. Never? Yeah. yeah. It was, it was yeah, kind yeah. of interesting. So. Oh, it's just a weird experience. Yeah. Because that's just, we're city folk, right? Yeah. We, we, don't, we don't go around. <laughs> exactly. These guys and gals, I, I'm more impressed by the, the girls doing the barrel racing. I mean, they... they 
they just fly into the oh, yeah. arena, yeah. zip around three barrels and haul butt out of there. And yeah. it's this they're 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 all strong women. Oh, you know, yeah. If you can yeah. handle horses like that, yeah, uh, it was a really really good time. So yeah. you know, th- the fact is, we try to bring people together for networking so that they can have a shared experience. Uh, that's what really part of what we try to build with VarTech, and and I think that these two evening events uh, were very instrumental in doing. That. Yeah, yeah, so. you get a little bit of that networking aspect, and you yep. also just get to let loose and have fun because those are yeah. long days. It's I mean, long days. I, mean, I know for us, floor. obviously, working it, but then yeah. I'm sure for attendees too, it's it's just you know, it's it's a long busy day. We're you know, we're kicking off what eight eight thirty in the morning usually yeah. with the opening stuff, oh, yeah. and then yeah. it's it's here we are nine thirty at night, yeah, yeah. <laughs> straight on through to like four or five before you're done with your day. And then you it. guys basically got to get ready to go out and try yep. to have some fun. So mm-hmm. it's it's a it's a packed couple of days we put in there. Uh, it takes uh, a lot of people to make it happen. It does, and I want to give a quick shout out then yeah. to all the people that do make it possible. First of all, our vendors, you know, we Absolutely. appreciate all of them who support the show every year. That for sure know, sponsor it, show up, get their booth set up, show mm-hmm. up all their cool stuff, the new stuff they've got out there, and. And all the other stuff too. I mean, you know, they they lend people to some of our education sessions. You know, they'll they'll you know buy some neat tchotchkes and stuff that we can do as giveaways. The mo- which, by the way, the, the cowboy hat we gave out a cowboy hat. Oh man, year. was that a big hit? That was the easily the most popular item that we gave ever, out. Uh, ever, <laughs> ever <laughs> at Vartek. Yeah, because we gave them out on day that. one. Yeah. And people were wearing them at the very end. Oh yeah, at the they were, very they were all, end, they were wearing they, them the whole time. They brought their cowboy hats, and man, that, yeah, was, that good. was that was a good one. Yeah. Uh, shout out to, obviously to all those ISVs, the folks mm-hmm. that have been there before, all the new ones that we got. We appreciated having them. Our marketing team, our yeah. Blue Star marketing team, outstanding. Know, we're the ones that you know, our, our folks, are the ones that pretty much get all this together. Yep, and not pretty much. We do. I, I, they do. <laughs> yes, and you know, and and we work on it for months ahead of time. Mm-hmm. You know, we start planning months out ahead of time. Yep. All the way up to the end, you know, there's just a, you know, especially like the last few weeks, that month or so before Vartech, there's just crunch so time. much crunch going on, getting yep. everything squared away, making so sure many where details. supposed to be. Tens of thousands Our, of little details. And then, and then that doesn't even count them when we get there. Yeah, that's right. Know, we bring in an advanced team, and I'm not going to take much credit for that. I would, you know, helped out with bag stuffing and some AV setup, <laughs> but like you've got the guys that are out there helping haul stuff, you yep. know, from yep. the trucks, you know, to get it in to start building booths. Yeah. And these are not their day out. jobs, by the way. No, no. You know, these are business yeah, development we're all, managers. Exactly. We're all Loading trucks. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Got pallet jacks running stuff around. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so that's good you stuff. Know, kudos to to our team that uh, pulls this off every year. Um, uh, the Cinecast crew. Yep, they're uh, awesome. Anthony and Ellie. We Anthony love and Ellie. Them. Yeah, if you ever need anybody that can do uh, full full up AV for yeah, an event, yeah. they are top notch. They're they're top plus notch. they're just they're just good people. They're, they're great. They're fun people. to be around. Great people. They're you know great behind the scenes. Yep. Call me, know. I'll get you connected. Yeah, no yep. doubt, they're awesome. Yep. Uh, the Stetson crew, with Stetson, yeah, who always you know, helps out with show the, decoration, uh, yeah, getting yep. the getting the 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 bones, if you will, the yep. the yep. structure of the show set up. Before that's all a great way of uh, describing uh, it. Yeah. And then uh, the folks at the Henry Gonzalez Convention, good Center, people, you know, good people. Yeah, always. to your point, I mean, San Antonio is an easy city to do this in. Yeah. Lots of good people that will in that city. Just good old Texas welcome kind of people, and they'll do whatever you need them to do. And, yep. and, and you know, that's what a show requires. There's a lot of little details. There you go. And yeah. last, I will give a kudos to you. <clears throat> oh, not me. Because <laughs> your roles, especially since you jumped into the VP role, you know, a lot of Vartek gets put on your back and your yeah, shoulders yeah, to, yeah, yeah. To, get us, to get us there and over the finish line. And I know Somebody's got to lead the team, I guess, yeah. huh? Right? There that's you right. go. And you yeah. do a great job. We appreciate oh, well, we appre- having appreciate you at the, the top of the pecking order there and giving us our marching orders. A couple so. other people, you know, behind the scenes, though. You got Jack Feichner, who a lot of people know Jack. <laughs> Um, he does an, an inordinate amount, and then Angie Hubbard, uh, she, oh, yeah. she's just awesome. Yeah. yeah. A- Angie starts sweating about Vartek probably about three days after yeah. the f- ah, previous one ends. I'll go January. <laughs> January. <laughs> 
So I don't know. A three we had a, pause we had a team meeting this morning, and you mentioned some stuff that it looked like her eye kind of twitched yeah. a couple of things. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah a couple yeah. of things that she might have to change <laughs> for next year. So uh, Good stuff. Good stuff. <laughs> All mm. right. Well, hey, that does it for our recap of the show. Like I mentioned, you can find some videos. Um, uh, we'll we'll have other videos out on our Vartek page or our YouTube page, obviously, as well. Some kind of recaps of the show and like mm-hmm. you know, little videos that you can see, you know, what some of the stuff would look like. Highly recommend checking that stuff out. I'll link to whatever I can in the show notes for this episode. And, and hey, you know, if you if you weren't going last year, if you have the opportunity to go next year, you know, if you know, if, talk to your sales rep. Yeah, exactly. Talk to them about it. Get an invite. Um, we'll we'll see if we can get you out there. And I guess mm-hmm. it's a it's it's a very worthwhile packed couple of days mm-hmm. that can have you going back with a a lot of extremely useful information. Hopefully, some really good new partnerships too. Yeah. So, uh, but hey, in the meantime, you know, those some of those same sponsors that show up and do all that stuff on the floor are also sponsors of our Tech Connect podcast yes. and our Tech Connect program, which is how we bring all these ISVs into the channel. Yes. So kudos to them. Thanks so much for their Zebra, support. Honeywell, Intel. I'm just going to rattle some of them okay, off. Samsung. Yeah. There's all <laughs> Epson. There's all kinds of them. Star. Yes. Yeah. Anyway, we, we appreciate them and their support of our show, our programs, and getting us here and you know and, and helping make this podcast possible. Uh, if you like what we do here on the podcast, if you smash. like, you know, smash that subscribe smash. button. Uh, listen, you know, subscribe on any podcaster mm-hmm. of your choice. Even if you normally watch it on YouTube, go ahead and subscribe to Ooh, like that's the, a good idea. The audio yeah. feed. Yeah, you know, yeah, if you're yeah. listening, if you got an Apple device or Google Play or whatever, just Bump just subscribe. Yes. Maybe like the next time you're at a you know like an event with your family or something, mm. just grab their phone and subscribe <laughs> them to the podcast. Doesn't matter if anyone listens to it. We just, right. you know, get some. Well, I take it back. Put it on auto downloads. Nice. So at least the episodes shows get up in their just, feed. Yeah. Just helps us out a little go. bit. You know. It, you yeah. know, the more the more people that are listening and downloading the the more this gets recommended to other folks that might find our our Perfect. podcast Love interesting. It. Yes, uh, as always, too, we need your ideas for the show. So if you've got an idea for us, we need you to send those in. There's always a link in the show notes. You can drop ideas to us. We'll send you a Tech Connect podcast T-shirt just for doing so. We're actually talking about maybe revamping the Ooh, shirt yes, for the new I year. Yes. So we might have some cool new look to it. You might want to get in on that. Yes. So submit your ideas to us. Tell us what do you want to hear about on the show? Who do you want to hear from? What technology should we be talking about? If you watch, let's say, those those Tech Connect live videos, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and one of those you know particular ISVs, you're like, man, I want to hear more about mm. them. Tell us. We'll see if we can get them on the show and talk to you more about Absolutely. their solutions great idea whatever solutions and problems they're trying to tackle uh, and as always if you want to keep in touch with us you can find us on twitter slash x slash whatever elon musk is calling it today at tech pod or email us tech connect at blue star inc.com all right Dean, let's wrap up here let's talk value to the var real quick because you know vartech is all about the var that's I mean, it we, it's the reason why we put var in the name that's it uh so for you know let's let's recap again for any of the vars that didn't attend what did you learn that anyone can use? Like, what's something a takeaway that you maybe didn't, you know, hadn't thought about before, or something new, or something that occurred to you that you think our VAR audience should be really thinking about right now? Hmm. Well, I'm just going to go back to just kind of where we kicked it off uh, with, you know, understanding what your some of your gold is in the relationships uh, mm-hmm. that you have and the superpower you have to be able to grow your business through partner alliances. And so even though you weren't able to be there, I, I mean, I think it's a great idea that we're posting, you know, the Tech Connect Live and things of that nature where you can still uh, consume some of the some of the education and some of the connections uh, that came out of it because that's how people are going to succeed moving forward. I know we talk about it a yep, lot here, yep. but partner-assisted ecosystems are, are how it happens. And and to me, that's that continues to be the takeaway of these types of events. Yeah, yeah. I think uh, similar to me, I, you know, I think... 
we've talked about the partner ecosystem and the, the developing the partnerships, full solutions. I think this show just reiterated what we keep talking about year over year, that mm. we're beyond just a hardware-only play at That's this right. point. Yeah. And I, that was something I, I never felt like hardware was a sole focus at any point during this whole mm. thing. You know, mm-hmm, I, mm-hmm. I, I never felt like anybody was just talking about displays yeah. or yeah. just talking about you know, a barcode scanner or whatever, or just talking about a point-of-sale you know, cash register mm-hmm, or whatever. Mm-hmm. There was always every conversation seems like it was in the context of solutions. Mm. And I just think that's, that's, that's just really where we point. are. I, I would hope at this point, nobody listening is still in the hardware only mindset. Right. But if you are, this stuff should continue to reinforce the idea that it's time to get into a solution mindset. Yep. And then the other thing is, you know, it, um, just being on the lookout for new opportunities, mm-hmm. always constantly be searching for something mm-hmm. new and different to, to just a little out of your bubble, to invest in. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Just push at the edge of your bubble mm-hmm. a little bit, mm-hmm. pop a hand out, try yep. something right. out. There pull, you go. Pull something new in that can be part of your bubble, but you know, expand yeah. that out a That's little right. from time yeah. to time. Yeah. And then, you know, piling onto Jimmy Yeri's thing is, is figure out what your story is. Mm-hmm. What is your story? And it could mm-hmm. be a personal p- part of your story that led you to where you are. Like if you're the founder or owner of your business, maybe there's a personal story that got you where you are, hmm. or maybe there's there's a story within your business that kind of explains who you are and what you are and make sure that you're telling that story, whether it's through your marketing, whether it's through how you go, you know, go to market, whether it's through your presentations that you give to new prospective customers, case studies, whatever it is, tell that's find ways to tell that story because mm. that's, you know, I think that's what Jimmy was trying to get at is that stories yeah. are a way that we all can connect with each other. We yeah. love, everybody likes to sit around and tell stories about from their lives and it's a good point that, that, you know, kind of define who they are and what they, and what they are. Mm. Figure out what you and your company's story is and tell it as often as you can. There you go. So. I like it. I like it a lot. All right. Uh, hey, let's, let's wrap up with our favorite segment. What's tech connecting with you where uh, we talk about something in the world of science, yes. tech, business innovation. Yes. Just feel like getting into today. What's tech connecting <laughs> with you right now, Dean? Well, here's a story. Just when you think aliens might be real, did you see the whole charade? I'm going to call it a charade down in Mexico when they yes. rolled out the mummies, <laughs> the alien corpses. <laughs> I did. And, I did see. This. I mean, in front of Mexico's, uh, what is it? Their, it was their, um, their, their Senate or whatever, their, their Congress, Mexico's right, right, Congress. Right. Uh, you, so you saw the video I, of I, these little. I've seen like what news I could tell is paper mache. Yeah, like it's one of those things. No one's really buying were it. You, but. <laughs> were you convinced at all? No, I mean. I, yeah. yeah, that's that's what weirds me out about this. Like, not weirds me out, but like, that's what's kind of frustrating about this. Because you know, I I don't want to be someone who's like complete skeptic, yeah. but I also have a hard time really buying into a lot. And of And then it. stuff like this happens. That's just it. Like, it feels like whenever there is a big story about it, yeah. there's someone that like gets to like get on a public platform and talk about this stuff. It's always the people that just don't feel legit in any way whatsoever. No, so for, so a Jamie Mousen, Ma- Mousan, I guess, is the way you pronounce it. He's a Mexican journalist and longtime UFO enthusiast. He's the guy that, you know, thinks that this was the whatever, historic first of, uh, of whatever, uh, and he brought two right. tiny mummified bodies. <laughs> onto the show, onto the floor. So here the they are, aliens. here they are, and they're yours. Claiming they're, that they're they as were... prototypical of looking of an alien as you would get. If you, <laughs> yes. if you asked, if you asked a child to draw what an alien's supposed to look like. This is exactly what they would make. It Which, is. That's always the thing that bugs me too. It's like you know, the, the, it's always the little green man with the giant head and the big eyes. And like, come on, folks, we. 
<laughs> it's possible there could be an alien out there that looks like that, but more likely yeah. they're going to look like nothing we've ever encountered. But to before. your point, you know, like that's why I said just when you start to believe that, okay, maybe they're real, then you got people like this I out know. there. It's like, ah, well, clearly like it's I, still I, a joke. I wonder if, like, you know, some of the people that like really are into this, into this, and really do believe that there's something out there, and whether or not it's visiting here or not, or whatever. I wonder if this, they see this stuff and like, well, this just set us back another like 10, yeah, 20 years. Exactly. Ago, you know? Exactly. Like, we're I back got, in crackpot space again. <laughs> I got one more tech connecting with you real quick. Uh, floods are bad, right? Just yes. In general, yes. floods usually wreck havoc. Red wine floods Portuguese town after winery <laughs> tank explodes. Wow. So, and they got pictures, so we'll put this in the show notes. You got the video of just red wine, enough to fill an Olympic-sized swimming pool. 600,000 oh, gallons of red wine burst out wow. of tanks and flowed through this... Uh, so I'm not even going to try to pronounce it in Portugal, the name of the city, but, oh, man, it just made for a great social media moment where you see just red wine. It's, it looks like a flood happening. Red right, wine right. is, and luckily, though, they were able to divert the red wine so it didn't hit the local river and make all the fish drink, you know, drunk and stuff <laughs> like that. So they were able to contain it, but there's some pretty good imagery here of red wine so going through the like spirits. walk out and just, like, dip a cup down oh, yeah. and be like, there oh, yeah. Yeah, and on social is more crying about oh my god look at all the wasted wine yeah, that's yeah, 10 yeah. years supply <laughs> blah, blah blah i'm sure it's i'm sure it was quite damaging for the the company too yes. the winery you know yeah. hopefully oh, they had an insurance policy yeah no yeah. doubt yeah. oh man so what's in, what's it, tech connecting with you so i want to take a moment to talk a little bit about you know the strikes that are happening in hollywood oh, um, oh okay and, you know yeah, yeah. which is all part of this bigger i think labor movement that's starting to occur right now sure. it's really you know ramping up sure um, but in particular you know the the, the hollywood one is obviously there's a big connection with technology there because a lot mm. of the the issues that the writers and the actors that are on strike have, yes. it involves what's going on in the world of streaming, mm -hmm. uh, the way that we you know consume you know entertainment content, you very know, impactful television and, yeah. and and films at this point, and and this giant shift that has happened from you know from movie theaters mm -hmm. and also from you know from from cable and traditional Rentals television and, yeah. to streaming services mm -hmm. and you know on demand platforms. Now, you know, there's obviously a lot of back and forth about this. And in fact, Mark and I were kind of chatting a little about this even before we got on today is that, you know, I think sometimes people look at like they see they think someone from Hollywood and they're like, oh, like, what are these people crying about? They're all rich, right? Not the writers. N not the writers, for one thing. <laughs> and honestly, not a significant number of actors either. Again, I no, know, like, true. you know, yeah, yeah. the people you're going to see on the front lines and that they'll talk to an interview and picketing are going to be the stars because that's the people who people want to see. Mm -hmm. But, like, the, it's the people that are the little character actors. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. I was thinking of this because we were talking about the our, extras, blue, we were the talking about our blue stardom videos that oh, yeah, we've yeah. been doing, uh -huh, you know, uh -huh. and some of them we get to, like, you know, bit yeah. actors yeah. from, you know, yeah. like The Office and from yeah. TV shows and stuff, yeah. you know. And those are folks that, like, they may be well-known for something, but it's not like they're getting paid millions and millions. They're not doing a lot of that many new projects, mm -hmm. or and they're not making a lot of money on their old projects. And again, that's where this mm. the sticking point, I think, for a lot of these actors and writers comes from, is that their contracts were built at a time, and a lot of these, and a lot of these students are still using these kind of contracts, where mm -hmm. you get paid for the initial work you do, yeah. and you were supposed to get paid for 
if you're movie staying in a theater for a certain amount of yeah, time. Royalties. Or mm-hmm. when traditional television, when a show would get to uh, to syndication. Like if a show yeah. ran... Oh, like, that's where a lot the, of shows made uh, most of their money. Like the, syndication. Like, yeah, like the old days, if you think of like, you know, Friends, for instance, yep. Seinfeld. Yep, still uh, to this day. S- these yeah. shows that, you know, once you get to like a 100 episode mark, typically that's what a lot of you know pre- mm-hmm. people would try to get to. Once mm-hmm. you get to that mark and it would go into syndication, yeah. there's just a whole new swath of money that would be mm-hmm. out there potentially for people to cash in on. Mm-hmm. But now you've seen that's not happening anymore because syndication deals don't really happen that, for, that that's much right. except for the absolute biggest it shows. It just goes to streaming. Yeah, or it's stuff's getting dumped to streaming where they are not obligated to pay those kind of things at all. Yeah, and yeah. you and you start getting these stories where That's you see like point. writers mm-hmm. and some of these bit actors showing off the paychecks that they're being sent, you know, of like <laughs> residuals. And then we're talking cents. 52 cents. Yeah, we're not yeah. we're not talking dollars. We're not talking hundreds or thousands. Yeah. We're talking pennies yeah. that they're being sent in checks sometimes. Mm-hmm. So I get where they're coming from with mm-hmm. this. And then also you've got this compounded problem that you're starting to hear from like a lot of producers and writers and people creating shows. Or streamers, once they get these shows, they kind of belong to them. They have no rights to their own work anymore. Mm. And so you've got streamers that are just dropping series. They will just have a series. They'll run it. If it wasn't, if they don't think it's successful and they don't want to continue paying any kind of royalties to have it on it's their off service, the plat- they deplatform. They it. just deplatform it, and mm. it's nowhere. It's nowhere. And yeah. these people have to. And they fight don't have to, rights to. Yeah, it. these people have to fight to try to get rights back, so mm. they can maybe try to shop it somewhere Pretty else. Complicated. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and yeah, so, yeah. I, so, like you know, I think when you start peeling back the layers mm-hmm, and understand where mm-hmm. they're coming from, you realize like this isn't a bunch of rich people <laughs> trying to get richer. Right. These are people who have their entire lives wrapped around some of this work. I think most work. people realize that I it's hope much so. I bigger think so. than just, But you know. I, I will say, because obviously, you know, the studios are the ones that they're butting heads with. And this, you know, the strike could be maybe heading towards a resolution as we're recording this. I think mm. the producers actually sat in on one of the, some of the WGA talks yesterday, which they had not been, or the, the studio heads, rather, I think, sat in, which normally they had been just hands off hands and sending off. their lawyers. Yeah. Yeah. But a lot of them apparently showed up for some of the negotiations. So mm. maybe they're getting closer to something by this point. But... Yeah. There was an interesting article I came across that I'll briefly mention here. WB Discovery noted that they took a one-quarter loss that is larger than the entire industry case of the or the entire industry cost of the WGA's proposal. So what the Writers Guild is proposing and what the extra money that they want to, to be able to give writers and what they're suggesting, like, hey, here's what you should be paying us and here's what we, you know percentages we should be getting of mm-hmm, our work mm-hmm. wherever it is or whatever – the entire cost that was put together, what that would cost all the studios mm-hmm. combined, mm-hmm. Warner Brothers Discovery lost that much in one quarter <laughs> because they're not putting out good <laughs> much content right now or, or, or lost because they're, they've allowed these So if they had them. only had this off at the pass, yeah. Yeah, it would have been a wash. They're losing more money yeah. than it would cost the entire studio system. Unbelievable. Yeah, to just simply pay these folks what they're Isn't asking. That's crazy. For. That's crazy. That's that's where yeah. you're just like, what are you? What are you? Doing? What are we doing here? Come on. Yeah, yeah get yeah, your head yeah. out of the sand. Pay these folks. <laughs> I want move on. I want new episodes of my fair. favorite shows. You know, that's come right. on. Make it fair. Move on. There you go. Unbelievable. So that's that's what's technically me because there is a technology component. Yeah, yes. I'm a big fan of everything that's happening in the world of streaming. I love the on-demand aspect, but let's pay the folks that are right. making right. all this fun stuff that we enjoy watching. Exactly. You know, why so. not? Yeah. All right, that's what's tech connecting with us. Uh, until next time, um, you know, go find a, um, a uh, mummified alien, mummified alien yeah. in your backyard and show it to your local government. <laughs> and see what happens. Get your 15 minutes of fame. Exactly. Uh, support Strikers. And uh, until next time, please stay connected. Technic Podcast is brought to you by ELO. 
Modern point of sale goes beyond just having a touch display and cloud software, right? Oh, heck yeah. You need sleek functional accessories, too. Sleek, yes. Now, Elo has that covered with their retail-hardened Z-Series POS stands. Good stuff. Each model of the Z stand offers cable concealment to keep counter spaces clean. I remember back in the day having, like, those just rat's nest. Yeah. yeah. There's always had, like, dust bunnies all over it. You clean it out, like, once a year, and you're, like, coughing and hacking up a lung. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's all greasy and nasty. No, you you got to clean that stuff up. You need cable management. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, they also offer a single cable connection to add a customer-facing display and compatibility with ELO's i-series displays. The Z20 and 30 offer integrated I.O., and the Z30 can include an integrated customer display. Nice. Now, the Z stands are also available as a component of prepackaged ELO Pause Android point-of-sale solutions for mm. compact spaces, full-service to full, full service to self-service versatility, or maximum connectivity with interactive CFD. Hmm. So to compare options and find the right stand for your next PO, install, check out the link in the show notes or contact the Blue Star ELO team. Technic Podcast is also brought to you by Zebra. Seeing the next generation of Zebra's ultra-rugged handheld mobile computers, yes. they're here. They're here already? They're here. Oh, we've been waiting. We've been waiting all this time, yes. <laughs> and they're here. Reimagined for the new age of mobility, because who sits still these days? Right. Nobody sits still. Uh, the TC73 and TC78 deliver performance, efficiency, productivity, and comfort in the most demanding environments. Yes. The TC73 is a Wi-Fi 6E device. Ooh. The TC78 also utilizes 5G connectivity and support for CBRS private networks. That, boom, right there. There's all your connectivity. Yeah. Yep. No doubt. These things are hyper-connected. Yes, sir. Uh, both models have the largest high-resolution bright 6-inch display, next-gen Qualcomm 6490 octa-core processor. Oof. Again, don't understand that, but I'm. it sounds it's amazing. Be fast. Yeah. yeah. And, <laughs> and include Zebra's dimensioning certified mobile parcel to calculate dimensions and shipping charges. Ooh, what? Handy, handy little feature. That's a really handy yeah. feature right, right there. there. Some shipping can take care of all that stuff right there on your mobile device. Done. Uh, check out the link in the show notes to learn more and find helpful sales resources.